it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, big exciting news coming today on May 7th, 2020. Uh, I dropped my newest logo. It's the third time I've rebranded my logo and the appearance. Also, as you already know, we're working with uh, TRP Live, so that's all exciting news and everything. I'm excited. Y'all got to go check that new logo out. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins and on Instagram at TP3Bets. Uh, posted it on there. It's my pro it's my profile pic for all those. Also put just kind of uploaded and everything. So go check that out. Let me know what y'all think. But today I'm gonna go back to a thing I haven't done too many times, and we're gonna do a three person podcast. And I'm joined by both my roommates today to do this episode. Kyle Thacker, Sam McSweeney. Say what's up, everyone. How's it going, everybody? Thanks well, for having me on, Thomas. <laughs> what's up, y'all? Uh, both of them have been on before, as y'all already know. So. We got a great show for y'all today. We got two real sports topics, and the other one's just kind of a little fun debate, so I think all y'all will like it, but also want to say this before we get into things. I'm very excited this weekend for for UFC. I don't know about y'all, but it's going to be fun to watch, and it's just nice to actually have something to look forward to this weekend. All right, so this Saturday is going to be epic. It's been, what, two months now since we've had like an actual American sporting event for us to look forward to? Bruh, and the fights are starting <laughs> early, early. Yeah. No, it feels good, and they announced who the Bundesliga is coming back, so it's kind of nice, honestly, you know, we're going to have some stuff, I mean, I'm not saying Bundesliga, like, it's crazy, but I mean, I, we could at least watch it, and they have a TV contract, actually, with Fox, so, I mean, the game should all be televised. I mean, it's going to be cool and interesting, because now we'll be waking up to soccer and going to sleep with Korean baseball, I mean, we've got an interesting <laughs> lineup of what's going on. Never did I think in May we'd be, you know, happy about Bundesliga coming back. These are dying times, man, I'm telling you, but you take what you can get, so. Oh, yeah, no, I, luckily I don't have to be online till 9 a.m. for work, but unfor so unfortunately I have not been able to wake up in time yet to watch some Korean baseball, but <laughs> I'm hoping, uh, dang. yeah, dang, but tonight they actually not don't come Korean on until 1 a.m., so I might actually stay up a little bit for some Korean baseball, I'm excited, you oh, know. A late Thursday. Yeah, a late Thursday, so might have to pull one of those off, but let's go ahead and get into everything, so. Kind of interesting news coming out of the NBA here is this offseason the New York Knicks plan to go after Chris Paul. As, uh, they, they would have to trade for him, obviously, because he has a, a massive deal still that the Thunder are paying. Um, let's go ahead and start things out. What do you all think? you all think this is a smart move for the Knicks and that they should try to go in on Chris Paul? I mean, personally, I think so. I mean, Chris Paul has almost become a lone player at this point. He's just here to carry over to the next generation of players. You look at what he's done in OKC for, I guess, was it one year, two years now? And he's going to probably go do the same thing with the Knicks. I think it's smart. He's a safe player to play around. He passes the ball. I mean, I think it makes sense. I think it's the Knicks' only chance to get a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to get one in free agency. Never. Um, no. And they're definitely not going to get one – you know, without any proven players on that team, like, they have some young talent. I think Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett are both good players. Um, you really think you think Kevin Knox is going to make the jump this third year? I think he's a good player. I'll say that again. That's as far as I'll go. But, like, once again, to reiterate my point, not, they don't have anybody that's good enough to draw talent. And so, pretty much their only chance is to go for Chris Paul Trade, who, like you said, has a terrible contract. And OKC will probably try to get something out of the Knicks, you know, maybe get a pick or so. So 
I mean, it makes sense, like you said. They're going to need someone there to bring in other superstar players. Because, I mean, CP3, I mean, he's the leader of the mm-hmm. Players Association. He's already, Everyone already knows him and loves him. If he's there, he's going to be a great brand for them to build around and bring other people to play with him. I think you're right. I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, we always talk about the NBA being a bubble. Um, you know, how, like, word spreads and, you know, how people feel about certain GMs, front offices around the league. And... If the fans feel this way about Dolan, I'm telling you, the players feel even more so. Yeah, because so he's paying he's paying them, not the fans. You know, and right. so I mean, it's I I just can't see anyone go, wanting to go play for him. So it's it's probably their only chance is to go get a guy in a trade. They need yeah. turnover in management. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like it was a total slap in the face to see KD and Kyrie go to Brooklyn rather than New York <laughs> when that was, was I thought it was <laughs> yeah. ironic, honestly, that Dolan ends up with no one. I mean, it's it's just crazy to me, but realistically, I think going for Chris Paul is a great move because Chris Paul changes your entire culture as a team. Like we've seen these teams like the Hawks, like the 76ers, like, yeah, they're technically are tanking, but they pretty much get rid of all their talent, and they just, you know, they're just bad for all. The Knicks have been bad for so long. Why not get someone like Chris Paul who can come in? You know, he's going to change your culture. Like, when you look at the Thunder, you lose Russell Westbrook and Paul George. You instantly think, no shot, you make the playoffs. You know, but you have Chris Paul who comes in. Chris Paul plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he'll teach those other guys how to do it. I mean, Chris Paul, every single year he's been in the league, his teams have been winning teams, you know, and he always makes them better and elevates everyone, and that's just the mentality he plays with. Now, don't get me wrong, I think he can rub some people along the way, and I think he can be a dick sometimes, but I think overall that's what the Knicks need. Yeah, they need someone who's going to, like, Chris Paul's one of those players who takes every single game seriously every single night, and, like, you even see with, like, the way he acts on the court, how seriously he takes it every single night, and that's what you need is someone like the Knicks... You know, they're in Charlotte playing that night. They're like, oh, we're playing the Hornets. Like, do we really care? Next thing you know, they're down 20 at the halftime, and they're already packing it up. So I think they need someone like that to change the culture. I mean, his leadership's going to go. I mean, it's going to change everything. I mean, like you said, the people he hangs out with, the people he already, like, his life's already consumed with, it's going to change everything just because he's the leader. He's the leader of pretty much the face of the NBA as far as players, not talking outside of LeBron. I mean, that's the kind of person you want in your crew, right? I mean, who else do you have there that could take that position? No. I'm being honest. No, I agree with you completely. Like the leadership wise, Chris Paul, I mean, he's gotta be number one. I mean, y'all even said he's the leader he um is the president of the players association. Actually as well, his contract though is massive. So I mean, it's forty one million dollars this year, forty four the next year because he signed one of the super maxes. I wanna say this though. While we're still on this subject, personally, from the Thunder's perspective, I actually have to be getting value back in this trade in order to make the trade. The Thunder pretty much have all the Rockets and the Clippers pick locked up for the next couple years. They have to do alternating picks, but still, you're going to get so many picks from these teams to go along with your draft picks. There's really no point in tanking, in my opinion, if you're the Thunder. I mean, you've seen kind of the way the draft goes. Unless you get in the NBA, especially, it's harder to tank. Because you're not guaranteed one of the top spots rather than, you know, in the NFL, you have no quarterback. You can tank it out, go get Trevor Lawrence. You know, you can't. Now in the NBA, with the way the lottery works, I mean, you can end up with the sixth overall pick and get completely screwed. So if I'm the Thunder, I just, I would actually, you know, I would, it would take a good bit for me to give up Chris Paul in this situation. Well, I mean, it's like they they have players in positions to not quite be in rebuild mode. I mean, mm-hmm. they have Dennis Schroeder, they have SGA. I mean, they have some good talent to build around for them to, because they're like in a weird middle ground where they're not quite haven't taken that next step and Chris Paul takes him closer to taking that next step to being a top tier team but you take Chris Paul away from that and there's you know just on the lower half of the middle end teams it's just, I don't know where they go if they trade him if you do tank or if you try to build off what you have 
See, but do they really have the roster that's going to really compete in the West? you got to think about the rosters that are currently in the West. Like, yeah, they've overperformed like crazy this year. Their roster is not is – not, I mean, yeah, you could say that they've been performing up to – maybe up to the Thunder's expectations. Maybe they always thought that they were going to be that good. But the truth of the matter is they don't have the they don't have the players to compete. So, I mean, what's the point of like kinda hanging in limbo? I mean, maybe to please your fan base for the short term, but I mean I, f- I feel like the Thunder a franchise that's not cool with being, you know, just an average team. I think they want to be the best. So. Yeah, when you're also in a small market like that, you can't really fall into the just average. You know what I mean? You have to try to make something yeah. to bring the fans to the arena. But on top of those things, I personally think though that they can't afford, you know, just to kind of win and be average with this lineup, just because, or just be average in the playoffs. Just because if you think about it, the Rockets, you know, if they lose Chris Paul and or James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They really have nothing. If you think about the Clippers, Paul, Georgia, you know, the Clippers team could eat. If you, you've got these teams' picks for so many years in a row, and it's not like these teams are going to be great X many years down the line. You know what I mean? These teams are going to fall off eventually. So, I mean, I like my position with three draft picks. I feel like you can get lucky with one of those. And, I mean, worst-case scenario, you can package all three of them together and move up the board. Plus, you kind of have young guys who are getting better, like like uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, SGA, as I like to call them. I personally think he's one of the younger emerging stars in this league. Absolutely. I mean, he's six six, so it's as athletic as he is as a point guard. His shooting's getting better. I think he's got great potential. I mean, Dennis Schroeder can kind of get buckets, but Chris Paul, you know, he's the leader of the team. That's why that. I mean, what do y'all think it would take from the Knicks to give up in order to do the trade? Shoot, yeah, honestly, I don't even have an answer for that question because quite a bit. Because I think we don't really know what Chris Paul's value is at the moment because he's been yeah. on these middling tier teams. I mean, I would think at least it would be. I mean, it starts with a first-round pick. But it's going to be pretty well protected, at least. Because I know you, cause you can do protections per year, so like it could be a top eight protected this year. I mean, the Knicks are the Knicks are pretty bad. Now, let me double-check the standings, but they have yeah, one Yeah, but they're not just going to trade Chris Paul for nothing. Like, he he maybe It'll probably be, maybe be a top three protected. Like, but... <sighs> dude, I just I don't know if I see it happening. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I don't really see it getting done because, I mean, right now the Knicks are they're the fourth worst in the Eastern Conference and the sixth worst in the NBA. But I mean, that's by they're one win away from a, being a, or I mean, one loss away from being tied with a bunch of other teams. So, at the end of the day, the Knicks definitely aren't going to give up that first round pick because they think they can get number one in the lottery. But um, the but the Knicks. Um, I think that they actually should try to trade Julius Randle. Julius Randle's a decently valuable piece. He's a young guy with lots of potential. I mean, pairing him in there with Gildas Alexander and maybe like a twenty twenty one or like a twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two first round pick. I think that Julius Randle, that and honestly probably Kevin Knox would have to be the pieces you'd have to part with to get the trade done. But I also don't know if that's giving too much up if you're the Knicks. I think it kinda is. Well you almost you obviously can't go one for one for Julius Randle and Chris Paul. That's just yeah. not possible. I mean, there's going to have to be some extra value in there. But, I mean, I think the lineup – remind me, does OKC still have Steven Adams? Yeah, Steve, or Steven Adams' contract, though, may be at the end of the year. Let me double-check that. I mean, for you know Oklahoma City, that lineup of Steven Adams, Julius Randle, I mean, you throw in this SGA and Dennis Schroeder and someone at three, that's a decent starting lineup in the West. That's going to win you some games. Is it going to put you in the playoffs? I don't know, maybe. Adams I mean, has one more year left after this one. Okay. So then, I mean, still, I mean, that's, you know,
know, you could try going all in on one year, but your chances of winning the West with that team still don't look good. I mean, you're adding depth, but, I mean, what are you going to get out of one year with that team? No, I agree with you completely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this trade won't end up happening. I don't think the Knicks have the pieces or the power to get it done. But then again, the Knicks' best move here is to wait for the for the ping-pong balls to fall before they try to make any kind of trade. Because, you know, if their pick lines up as the fifth or sixth pick, I mean... Julius Randle in the fifth or sixth pick for Chris Paul and Gallinari or Chris Paul and Steven Adams is a pretty decent trade. Yeah, I'd agree. So I mean, it'd still take a lot to give up Chris Paul, though. No, I agree. I mean, at the end of it all. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I think he's too valuable. I don't think it is. So, all right, start next season, will Chris Paul still be on the Thunder? I'm going to say yes. Um, I'm going to say no. Uh, the and the only reason I say that is because of the speed that the all season can take sometimes. Like I just feel like one thing could lead to another, and before we know it, the NBA landscape looks completely different. You think he's on the Knicks? No. You think he? So you don't think he's on the Thunder, but you think he's somewhere else? That's yeah, not I the think Knicks. I could see him in Miami for sure. Miami has the assets there's, to go I mean, trade for anybody. There's there's, there's teams that. Will, what he would fit with. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miami doesn't really have the young, t- or they don't have the picks necessarily, because I know that one of their picks, the Thunder have actually that 2021, it's an unprotected, so it's for next year's draft. The Heat don't have a lot of the picks, but I mean, they have talent for sure that they could go out and trade and go all in on, like if Damian Lillard were to be on the market, or Chris Paul, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's move, uh, let's move now over to football here. Um, we each kind of came up with a topic, so this was your topic, Kyle. And that is the AFC South. Who we think is going to win this division? I mean, you chose the topic. You got to start us off. All right. Yeah. So this topic, I, I kind of knew there would probably be some controversy because you know we're roommates, like we said. So kind of throw some ideas off each other. And uh, so with you know the NFL season, you know, hopefully being the first full season of sports that we're going to get. It's exciting and fun to think about, you know, how the league's going to stack up. And so my my topic was who's going to win the AFC South. Um, and I personally think that the Colts, um, they have the team to do it. They have the coaching to do it. I think that they've drafted well. They've filled in pieces. They've got a nice, solid, deep team that can withstand injuries, that can – uh, withstand teams in the second half down the stretch of the season and now they have a veteran quarterback who I'll remind you when he had a good rushing game two years ago made the AFC championship and almost went to the Super Bowl so you know there we, we've seen you know this quarterback play well especially when he has good pieces around him and a good defense which I'll remind you Indy has a great rush defense and they keep they keep teams up front so but what do y'all think? I have, so I have the Colts. I think the Colts are a great pick. Go ahead, Thomas. Go ahead. See, I th- don't get me wrong. I love how the Colts are bi- or the Colts are built organizationally and everything. I think they do a great job picking players. But I just don't think Philip Rivers and Jacob Eason is going to get the job done for you straight up. I mean, they won a lot last year with very bad quarterback play and injuries to Jacoby Brissett. But at the same time, they were at their best when Jacoby Brissett ran around with the ball. I mean, they got Michael Pittman. 
They um, who's the running back they drafted? I'm they sure. went and got Jonathan. Taylor. That's right. They got Jonathan Taylor, who gives them a lot. They have a two-headed backfield. That's why I said, remember Don't. when it's three, it's three. Don't sleep on Naheem Hines. Yeah, Naheem Hines is the pass catcher. Though. He's got a yeah, great set of hands out yeah, of the backfield. He's speed. Even better. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is don't sleep on Rivers when he has a rushing game. But I because <sighs> Rivers all get all year last year, just uh, chunking it down the field like just cuz they didn't have a running game and uh Eckler is a receiving back really anyways and I'm don't get me wrong you can run the ball but I'm just saying like I I think that the Colts are in good spot objectively speaking I whoever wins this division which it probably will be the Colts just cuz how that like you like you guys have both said the team's constructed but objectively speaking whoever wins this division won't have more than 10 wins I mean, to be honest, Philip Rivers is going to throw games for yeah. that team. I'd agree with yeah, that. I think a ten and ten and six would probably win this division. Yeah, I mean, the Texans also, you know, they played their best football always. Whenever we were like when they would play the Patriots, they the Texans really played to their competition's level. So I mean, which is bit them in the ass in the playoffs. Oh, it definitely bites mm-hmm. them in the ass in the playoffs. They're just too inconsistent, but. In the regular season, when they're the underdog and counted out like they're going to be this season, they're going to play good football. I don't think they're going to win the division or anything just because of the turmoil in that locker room, but, I mean, they're not just going to lay down. But I've got to pick the Titans, man. I love the mindset this team has and everything. It starts with Mike Vrabel. They come out and they hit you in the mouth, and they run downhill with King Henry. You get stronger as the season goes on, which you don't end in the fourth quarter especially. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, to me, did nothing in the playoffs, and they were still beating teams relying on their defense. I think their defense is going to be nastier. I think their offense is going to be as well with A.J. Brown coming into his second year and Ryan Tannehill being more comfortable in that system. I mean, I, re- I think the Titans are going to go 10-6, and six, win the division. I say 8-8. Um, eight and eight. For or yeah, eight and eight for the Colts, nine and seven. I just I think they're going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be a close a game or two. But man, I just feel like the Titans and what they did last year, they're going to build off that momentum. And I think Derrick Henry is ready for a huge season. So I get where you're coming from because the Titans are a much like more likable team. They have a lot more personality, especially with Mike Vrabel as their head coach. I mean, literally just look at the picture from draft night. The dude's mm-hmm. hilarious. He's got a great sense of humor. But Truth be told, the Colts are just a much more well-built team from the offensive line to the defense to the weapons. I think the only thing that really separates, you know, when it comes down to, like you said, it'll come down to a game or two. Yeah. Will be will t- Ryan Tannehill? Will he be the one that messes it up in the regular season and loses that additional game, or is Philip Rivers going to accidentally throw two more picks and throw it? Oh, I, I mean, feel confident in saying Philip Rivers. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If you could get Philip Rivers two or three years ago. I would take. The it's a Colts different conversation. Yeah. It's a different conversation. But, I mean, he's not that person. He looks anymore. shot, and especially when these teams got to him. I mean, he has a better offensive line and everything, but much better. These teams are going to be able to get to you no matter how good your offensive line is. And when it happens, I mean, he looked awful out there, especially in that Raiders game. It, in this, like the Chiefs game when they were on prime time, and you watched them closely, even they're getting blown out because you had the under or the over or whatever. I mean. It, it really just looks like Philip Rivers was just saying screw it and just throwing it up like half like his shoulder was falling off. I mean, I just I really just don't think the quarterback play will be there. Well, you think the conversations there to be had? Did Philip Rivers just mail it in last year? Was that why last year was what it was for him? That could be a lot of it too, you know. But I mean, like y'all said, they're gonna have to lean on the run game. But I just feel like the Titans are built. The Colts are built a lot similar too. Very similar. But Very both similar. these teams are built where they can run the ball all over these teams. Mm-hmm. A lot of these teams have moved to smaller linebackers and everything so they can and more pass rushers so they can get pressure and stop these pass games like Kansas City and everything. That's what makes the Titans so special. I mean, they can control the game well with King Henry too. Well, I'm just saying, let Frank Wright get one year with 
with Phil Rivers and see what happens. Frank Reich's a quarterback whisperer, I'm telling you, so let's see. I mean, he was great in Pittsburgh. I mean, he was great. It's been, what, two years, one year in Indy, and that was a, it's been a great experiment yeah, so with, far. Yeah, with Nick Foles was, I mean, he did, Frank Reich did win the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick with Nick Foles. I mean, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, excuse me, Philly. Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've liked the Colts a lot. I just feel like the, the Titans are, I just feel like the Titans have the better team, you know. I feel like Derrick Henry's just ready to break out. Same thing with A.J. Brown. He looks like an emerging star wide receiver. So, okay, looking at these teams, like you said, they're built almost the same. They're built as almost if you could take the quarterback out of the equation and look at them on paper, like what on of these teams mm-hmm. is going to be the more dominant aspect to win games? And I think it comes down to, like every, everyone said, the run game. Also, well, the Colts are huge with using the tight end. They lost Eric Ebron. I mean, Doyle's good. Big. but Doyle e- is a monster, but he's got to stay healthy. No, that's what I'm saying. Doyle can't stay healthy, but I feel like Ebron just – I mean, I was forced to watch a lot of Colts games because that's be all the local game I'd get when I was out in Indianapolis. And Ebron, I felt like – on all the big downs, that's who they looked for, and he made the big catches for him. Whether it was making one-handed catches in the back of the end zone or on a fourth and four, where you just throw a little stick route and Ebron goes and gets it, that's just it's kind of what it looked. I, don't, I feel like they leaned on him a lot, so I feel like he's gonna be big too in Pittsburgh's offense. I mean, that could have also been to the effect of Jacoby. Oh, excuse me, he played for. Um, oh, he played for Indy. Yeah, Brissett was there. Last yeah, week. yeah. I mean, that makes sense because he was he was the quarterback. He didn't he didn't he couldn't stretch the field like you would want with a Philip Rivers or an Andrew Luck. So it makes sense to use a lot more checkdowns. I think it was just a more product of who was taking the snaps. Well, Ebron was the, I think he was the, I don't know, I mean, obviously fantasy works a little different than real, but I mean, he was top three fantasy tight end when he played with Phillip Rivers, and I mean, even think back to Ertz and Goddard when they played with Reich. Reich used the mm-hmm. tight end heavy, used oh, a absolutely. lot of those double tight end sets to run out of, use it to set up his play action. I mean, I just really... I feel. I mean, I think losing him's a big deal, but I just, I really don't, I just don't believe in Philip Rivers after what I saw last year it was pathetic. I don't know. We'll, have to, I, we'll I, see. I, I, we'll see. I mean, unless the Jags come up out of nowhere, or the Texans, but both those teams are going to be sub five hundred probably for the next few years. I, I, there's a lot of problems in Jacksonville. I don't think there'll be anything till they move out to London in two years. Houston's got no backbone. They they don't have offensive line. They don't have defensive secondary they don't have like the key positions that help you win games but if you ask a texans fan but deshaun watson yeah but they also don't have the draft (laughs) the depth either because they gave up a lot of those draft picks to get deshaun watson but on top of all those things like y'all said with houston i just really i really feel like the houston is gonna you know start out the season and not do too hot and the players are going to turn on bill o'brien i could totally see it happening and then forcing him out of houston and I mean, he's they were. There's not happiness with what's gone on so far with trading New Hopkins. I mean, even JJ Watt in that press conference saying, "I mean, I would not be shocked if, if this team doesn't start out the season well. I would be shocked if it, you know, if they're three or four games below 500 by at week eight, then I could see Bill O'Brien out of there." How long do you? Th- okay, how long do you think it takes? For what? Bill O'Brien. If if like what, what do you think would the be year. the steps? What do you think would be the steps for him to be gone? Then? Here's I mean they would have to have a absolutely terrible season. Um, he's in charge of the moves that the franchise makes. So I mean you're not only replacing a head coach, you're also replacing you know I, I can't I don't I believe know it's a GM. He's not. It's not a GM role, but he's basically in charge of I, I don't know what the role is, but. He's basically in charge of making all of the moves. He gets the final say. So it's the same role that Chip Kelly had in Philly that got him driven out. It just proves that coaches need to coach and let front office people stay in the front office. Unless your name's Bill Belichick. 
Well, yeah, he's a he's ob- yeah. he's an obvious exception. No, literally, yeah. I've done podcasts in the past where we've talked about if the if coaches should be GMs, and we've gone through like literally, it's just like everything. There's always going to be that one exception, you know, when it, when you have such a sample size like that, and Bill Belichick is the one exception, just like what LeBron James is and Michael Jordan is, you know, that's that's what he is coaching. Um, anyway, our last topic here that we're on now is kind of a fun one. And that is your favorite sports video game. And just kind of, you know, let's just talk in general about sports video games. You have a lot of time to play them since we haven't had any real sports video <laughs> games. Some of you degenerates have been betting on the simulations too, I know, out there. But I'm going to say this as well. College players are able to make money off their likeness now. Are we getting NCAA back? What do y'all think? I think it's inevitable. I mean... There's no question there's a demand for it. I think I know I speak for everyone in the room when I say we all want it badly. We all consider trying to find a 360 because Kyle has a copy of it. That's not a lie. So, I mean, I think that's that's for sure. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably pay up to $150 right now to have an NCAA <laughs> oh my on my Xbox. A new, a new NCAA yeah, game? Yeah, have a new NCAA game able to play on my Xbox. I would See, for sure. it's been so long. What would the game even look like? It's so crazy. But, uh... Dude, I mean, if there's money to be made, then I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, there's a definitely a market for it. I mean, definitely. People still play 14 all the time. Oh, yeah. Just go on Twitch. You'll yeah. see it being I promise good. you NCAA is going to be looking for as many avenues to make money now as they can. Oh, so sure. we have to give in likeness. Yeah, no, NCAA is the only um, Xbox 360 game that still, like, sells for decent value. Like, if you have a copy, you can still sell it for probably, like, at least 30 bucks online. People oh. will still... Because, I mean, it's one of the sure. only games that they NCAA haven't made back. NCAA Basketball practical. 10. Yeah, that game, too. That game was, was selling for, like, 60 bucks when you could have bought it for $2 before this cover. happened. Yeah, That's insane to me. Yeah, I didn't I'm... even know there was an NCAA Basketball Oh, yeah, game. oh, yeah. I used to, oh, the one with Kevin bro. Love, I used to, all the time, all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. No, they were, those were the good old days. But, honestly, I can say this. NCAA football is definitely my favorite sports game of all time. There's nothing better than just going and building your own franchise from the ground up, moving around. Is honestly never really left as the coach, but just building your dynasty and you know scheduling like the number one and two team in the nation, just whooping their ass the first game of the season. There's nothing better than that. Oh, definitely not. I mean, like you said, building the team, putting the time in. It's I don't know something about just like the emotion and the passion of just football and doing it yourself. Just great. But, I mean, favorite, I don't know. I think 2K right now is probably my favorite. That just dominates the only thing I, like, all I do all day now, besides, obviously, work. But, I mean, just Uh, the ability of customization, uh the my park, I mean, playing the whole career. I mean, you can literally create the most wonky player, and it'll still probably be dominant in most cases. This shit's pretty fun. Yeah. No, I, I would probably have to say, like, of all time, it's NTA 14. Uh, It, like you said... Going, the coaching carousel is the coolest part of like any game to me. Like being able to like swap schools and stuff like that. That part's cool. But I would also agree right now, two K is just it's it's fun with the online feel. You don't really get that anywhere else where it's almost like a little open world kind of. So it's it's kind of cool for a sports game to have that aspect. No, I agree with you completely. It's it, 2K is the best game out right now for sports, no doubt about it. 
Um, I love the open world feel about it, but think think about this. What if the Grand Theft Auto in 2K made a little collab here and oh made 2K God. Grand Theft Auto? I mean, I'm just saying, my my player guy would be in the strip club every night. <laughs> there would be so many ones spent. That's what I'm saying. I mean, don't necessarily make it where they can kill people. That but game exists. Go to it's this... called NBA Ballers Phenom. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Oh, dude, yeah. I used to absolutely tear that game apart, man. Uh, that game was awesome. You you were just like. You know, a baller from the hood, and you would you you'd sometimes have to do some sketchy stuff, but that was part of growing up through the streets. <laughs> hey, go break into this car; you'll get 500 BC and a better layup. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That game was—I definitely did play that game a lot. That's kind of what gave me the idea a little bit, because you know, I mean, Grand Theft Auto and 2K now. I mean, it's 2K is pretty much the Grand Theft Auto of sports games at this point, so. I think it'd be a fun little collab to you there. Sam, you want to tell us why you hate Madden? Oh, my God. <laughs> this game has literally been driven into the dirt. So this is coming from someone I used to play Madden religiously. I think I'm I think I'm okay. I know we play good games here against each other, but I think I'm okay. But, my God, this newest game is the worst iteration of Madden I've ever played. You literally, for the most part, you can't even get snaps off on offense because, you know, these, these X factors keep sacking you right off the scrimmage because you play two plays. They can push down the lineman and the play's over. And then you try to break out of the pocket, and you're throwing an interception. The only fun teams to play with are Baltimore and Kansas City just because they have the two most dominant players. These games are trash. <laughs> now, I do have a question. Are you guys excited that NFL and PGA, and, well, rather 2K, is picking up some of these major sports titles? Do you think that's going to be any better than what we've had recently? Um, honestly, I'm a huge Madden fan. I still think it's fun. I've, uh, I feel like I've mastered the cheap ways to play Madden, and I just honestly can't even imagine myself adjusting to another sports to another football game. Also, though, I do love playing me some Ultimate Team too. My Ultimate Team was nice before I got. That's actually three. false. Reporting here live, Thomas's team was trash. <laughs> Says the kid who's never seen it before. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, if there's anything like your 2K player, then it can't be that good. Whoa, 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 74 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that's my second. That's my secondary bill. My primary is 92. So, but um, no, I I personally am gonna definitely gonna stay with Madden. It would take a lot for me to leave Madden for 2K. Well, EA, yeah, it's the EA who's making them. I just I don't like EA as the brand. Just they made the uh. What was it? UFC game? I never liked the UFC game either. Just the games are just too clunky. Just I've actually work. never, I've actually never played the UFC game to be honest with you. So, uh, one of my good friends had it. And we whenever I hung out with him, we played it for hours and hours. And it's you know it's fun when you're using the top guys. I think that's just the thing is they just top load all their games and it's just so darn clunky. You can't do anything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a 2K fanboy because that's all I spend my time playing now. No. I, I don't know. No, uh, I I like. I like 2K um, is in the NBA game way better than NBA Live, but overall, I think that I'm definitely going to stick with Madden. Now, I will for sure try out 2K Golf. I mean, I will try Madden Football too, but I'm definitely not going to buy it. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, depending on, you know, wait for it to see how it does first with the 2K Madden Football NFL, whatever it's going to be called, whatever they're going to do. But I think it's exciting. I think it's different. It's finally cool to have someone else making a game that everyone's going to play besides just one company. Which essentially, it's been monopolizing since 2003 was the last time 2K made a football game. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Uh, 2K5 with TO on it. Thank you, 2K5. <laughs> and, uh, it would also be nice too to get a uh, to get us back a um, baseball game on the Xbox. But oh, for sure. Yeah, we would we would greatly enjoy that one too. But anything. What are more? you doing? Yeah, sorry. It, anything, um, it, Thacker. What are your what are your thoughts on uh, MLB the show? I love MLB The Show, but the gameplay is just inferior. Um, I like the 
game because it's baseball. It's the only decent baseball game still out there, and the road to road to the show is pretty fun. So, I mean, for what it's worth, Xbox hasn't had a baseball game in God almost eight years now, ten yeah. years. So I mean, that's the only reason I even still have a PlayStation. <laughs> hey, it sounds like we need to get MLB the Show on the Xbox. You get rid of the PlayStation, play with the big boys, but. That goes for 2K as well. This man's playing 2K by himself when he could be playing with me and TP. Yeah, while well, we're sitting here in the living room watching hey. him play on his own TV. So, got upgraded to that Xbox. Hey, if enough people listen to this podcast, I'll buy you an Xbox. Off <laughs> <laughs> the money we make from ads. So, yeah, so That's guys. You heard it here first, everyone. Yeah, you all heard listen, it here first. Tune in. Yeah, we need. Um, Come be, on, help we your need boy three, out. Th- we need 300,000. No, it'd be. Uh, 30,000 listeners. Okay. 30, and we'll be able to, listeners. yeah, so get us, 30, we need 30,000 people to tune in. We can't do it without y'all. Yeah. We could we could literally make better 2K players, not podcasts, but 2K players if you listen to the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so get ready for our 2K videos too once we get those listeners. But we appreciate everyone who tuned in today. We hope you tell everyone so we can get that goal. All right, guys, come on, seriously. You need to listen in and... Let's get me an Xbox. How about that? How about that? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. It's an idea. It's an idea. It is. It's an idea. So everyone repost us. That's your homework for this podcast, but appreciate everyone tuning in. (laughs) Professor Penland. (laughs) And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.